Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Beyond Stats podcast. On this episode, we have Gil Arujo. Gil was a former football player at Norwalk High School, where he finished three-time All-FCAC and led the Bears to their best season in program history at a 9-2 record in 2012. He went on to play defensive end at Middlebury College, where he finished his senior year with 63 tackles, 8.5 sacks, 16.5 tackles for loss, 2 block kicks, 2 forced fumbles, all in 8 games in 2015. We dive right into his time at Middlebury, the long-term impacts of concussions, and what he's been up to after football. Now let's go beyond the stats. You mentioned Harvard, you mentioned uh, a couple D1 places. Where'd you end up deciding in terms of college football? So yeah, so um, the only visit I ever took without my like mom or dad or anyone else was when I was in Middlebury, just because it was four and a half hours and bum anywhere, uh, Vermont. And so I was like, ah, I'll check it out there. I was actually thinking about Endicott, uh, between Endicott and, um, and Middlebury, because Endicott's campus. I didn't was know that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I, talk, I had the coach, I forgot his name, was like, uh, the team was pretty good. And so I was going to think about going there. And so I was like, all right, let me check out Middlebury, and then we'll see about Endicott. And then I go up to Middlebury, and I'm paired with um, Jared Onaway, who was the, um, at the time, was a junior safety, like this Japanese dude. But um, literally the biggest calves I've ever seen. It's <laughs> <laughs> crazy. He's like, he did track too. So he was a, he's a long jumper. So he is he very, very explosive. And then, like, I saw the game, they were playing Hamilton, smacked Hamilton. They had this guy Downey, number 99, the deep tackle, like the position I played my sophomore year, literally like, ran through the freaking middle, just like like this orangutan running at this dude, just like mauled the quarterback. Wow, like, this is D3. Like I thought, like, it, you know, it was like huge dudes. Yeah. And, and little did I know that was like, you know, the, this is like the hay period of Middlebury. Like I was stepping into like, the place to be at the time I was at. I had no idea at the time. Uh, my like my four years, we went seven and one, seven and one, six and two, five and three. My senior year, we had uh, so many injuries that at one point we we're playing Hamilton. It's, I don't know why Hamilton. We had the rock and chair game. It's always like like our little rivalry game. But my our senior year, we had so many injuries that we didn't have one backup receiver. We had literally the five, like, you know, say you had, like, you know, Hail Mary play at five receivers. That's yeah. the only five receivers you had. Only him. You would have to we start random guys to play offense. Well, it was like, you know, our like one of my best friends, is Ian Riley, he's number 17. He uh, was kind of a bench rider, like, you know, was a walk-on, but, like, was really good. His senior year of high school, right before he went from uh, Needham, Needham Rocket. So he was playing in Boston. Towards ACL the day before the championship game that they're playing at uh, Foxborough at fucking uh, yeah Gillette Gillette wow. so they play at Gillette uh, towards ACL before that game they end up losing and then his senior year finally made the starting roster as a senior uh, scores a touchdown against Hamilton ends up we win the game the next week he's playing scout offense for the starting defense as a starting receiver goes for a go route, 
the ball's thrown towards the end zone, but towards like the sidelines. So he has to kind of turn and open towards it, catches it, lands awkwardly, tears his ACL. Mm. Oh, that's always it's a tough year. And so it's like back to back senior ACL tears, and you're like, damn. He ended up being like our like leader though. Like he wasn't a captain, he wasn't anything. He was like a guy who was like more of a brainiac, but he would just show up to every single practice. He would show up like, you know, he was doing his shit. Like we were all sharing him on the thing. I had the next senior speech against Amherst, who was a big rival. We were two and two. They were two and two. I was like, guys, take a break. Beat Amherst. We could get a ring this year. And so I give a speech and I'm like, yo, on my wrist tape, I write DK for Dave Klein because he got fucked out of playing football at Ithaca, so he quit his sophomore year because coaching was like, you're short. He's 5'6". He was a savage. That dude who played on the 20th scale. If he was six foot, he'd be the number one ranked linebacker. He'd be in the NFL. He'd be in the NFL. If he was at NFL, he'd be in the NFL. That ass. And then the other arm, I put 1-7 for Ian, for 1-Sav. It's like, I'm playing for this dude, this game. Like, I don't know about you guys. I've been looking for Amherst, all this shit. But, like, this fucking injury means a lot to me. Because it's the same shit. Dave tore it at lacrosse. We're playing Newtown. Right. It was like a base game. I've been in 14, 13. It was in overtime. He tore his fucking ACL. It was like April. He's like, fuck, what about senior year? I was like, dude, like, I don't know. He's like, fuck, I can't miss football. And I was like, what do you mean? He's like, I don't know. I got to figure it out. And I was like, what? And then he played an entire season on a tournee. Every single play has a fullback and a middle linebacker. Yeah, he missed play that year. Fullback, linebacker, like, high contact. He just you know had the robo leg, you know? <laughs> he had the neck, neck collar yeah. and the robo leg. His junior year, he played with the club on his hand. He was like fucking, um, what's it called? Uh, oh, Von Miller. Remember Von Miller had that club on his hand? Right. Yeah, his hand. Yeah. Uh, Dave had to play with a broken thumb. He's like, fuck it. That was junior year. He had a club the whole season. Still so we, we mentioned injuries a lot, and you seem to have your course, your fair share of injuries uh, throughout your career. How do you yeah. managing um, even that season? Like, did your team put anything into place? Maybe limiting, you know, the amount of contact, or right. you know, just well, outside of the measures. It was um, the helmet. So we had uh, a helmet that they ended up buying for me. That was one of the first concussion helmets. Um, my junior year and uh, there's actually a picture in the hour we played uh, staples and it's me rushing for a touch or trying to get a touchdown like a goal line with three staple kids around me my helmet's like by my feet and i'm like leaning forward it's on my instagram actually and i'm like, trying to score and it's like this one fucking guy we're spending this money on to save his fucking helmet <laughs> it's like the chin strap was actually we adjusted it was like it was too loose on like the bottom one so like it just slide, slide off, off. Yeah. Uh, Wait, but you know, yo, I'm interested to um because I think this is one really good point that I think a lot of our viewers can can get some help with or insight. I think a lot of people have gone with you know I with injury with concussions later on in life. So break it down for us. Coming out of high school, how many did you have? Or like what was your mentality in high school? Was there a lot of was your trainers talking about it? Or was it more I feel like back then it was mostly like if you had a headache, you know, you were if it was up to you, if you want to still play or not, you know, now they're a lot more pretentious. Now they'll pull you off. Now they'll right. sit you out a whole game. Um, what was it like back then? Cause I want to get your ideas on how it shifted when you played in college versus how many you had in, in, in high school. It's like, even 
but before you speak, even go all the way back because I'm somebody who's gotten cushion and Pop Warner. You could have started from yeah, young. When did you? When you did you start get from whenever you first started getting injuries? Speak right. to that. So I mean, in Pop Warner, I luckily, you know, when you're kids, you can't move as fast. You're a little like awkward. Like you know, your, yeah. your biodynamic movement isn't like you're so you're you're like a newborn giraffe. You know, you can't really run around <laughs> hit as hard. Yeah. So like, I, I don't think I had any, obviously when you're a kid, you smash or whatever, but it's lighter impact. Unless you get this giant kid, you know, I'm not sure concussions are as big in the youth level, but when I got to high school, my freshman year, they're like, all right, now there's no weight limit. Now it's just big boys who are wants mm-hmm. to play, play. Then it could be a problem. A kid who's a track star going against a kid who's like a boxer or like a power lifter, like that could be awkward, yeah. you know? And so you have Oklahoma drills, you have some drills, like big contact, like let's weed out the kids. And that's how the mentality was. Right. So that's how they treated concussions. It was like, you're going to tell us about it? It's like, don't ask, don't tell. Right. You know, it was like that until my senior year or until, because it was me, I guess, you know, I was one of like the core players. It was like, all right, we need this kid to play. Let's like, right. take it through. Um, but I had a choice, like I'm lacrosse. I played D mid or D D pole. Mm-hmm. Um, my sophomore year, starting varsity, having played freshman year only. So it was, I was like, I picked it up on a snap, and I was just like laying kids left and out as a sophomore because lacrosse players are smaller. So I was like, oh, like, yeah. this is easy. Yeah. And then uh, I was like clearing a ball once. This one was never documented, but uh, I was like running down the field. And I was like, here's a kid coming at me. I'm like, oh, let me treat him like a football player. I was like, oh shit, my helmet's different. I actually have a scar on my cheek from the impact because we went head to head. Concussion, blackout, hit the ground, pop up, didn't stay on the ground. Most of my concussions were hit, lay on the ground, be out for like up to 30 seconds, and then like just come to. Yeah. You know, every concussion that was that I had was always you black out, there's no sound, no vision, no smell, no taste, no touch on that. You're literally in purgatory. Yeah. And then you start hearing things like damn, that kid got fucked up. And it's like, wait, mm. there's the stands. The stands are over here. Mm. Wait, I'm on the field turf. What's turf? Turf is this. I was mm. playing. And then you open your eyes like, wait a minute, why am I wearing stuff? Like, Why is Drew Crest now yelling at me? Like, you'll kill why is Robert <laughs> on the goal? It's like, wait, oh shit, I gotta, wait, I'm bleeding. He's like, you'll kill you good? And I was like, yeah, I'm fine. You know, I was like, uh, and then just ran inside, like, oh, you good? Like, and then they bandaged my cheek. I was bleeding like, all right. And then I went to the hospital to get stitches. And that was it. But that was for sure a concussion. There was no follow-up? They didn't do that sideline test yet. That right. Was only it seems that that's not, did you, um, so there's that at some point in time, they introduced us to the baseline test. Yeah, we were going the to impact play, test. The impact test, yeah. So if you were going to play a, a um. Yep, I've done like 10 of those. Oh, damn. I was just about to ask you, like, what was your, like, Go into like your story about like your 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 time with the the baseball. So the test. impact test, damn, that's like that's like going to Cerebro with fucking Professor X. Like it's so hard. It's a it's a memory cognition test where you have to remember words, do a thing, and remember the words. Remember numbers, do a thing, remember the numbers. Remember shapes and orientation of lines, do things, and remember those shapes and orientations of lines. And if you fuck up, then it's like, oh, you're off for baseline, you can't play. So it's going to come up upon an athlete who thinks they're a warrior, like, on your shield. Like, all right, yeah. like, one of the things was, like, 
and it's like, your letters. I'd hold my hand on the letters and then do the thing and then remember it's thumb, pointer, finger, pinky finger. Yeah. So I was I like, I feel like even okay, now, I gotta pass this. <laughs> even I you had telling me that, I'm not passing this right now. Oh, I can't no, even remember no, the first instructions. It's really <laughs> it's, I feel like no, I had to take one of those tests and they were hard. hard. Yeah. It's so it's difficult. Hard. It was like trying to get into like, yo, are you going to be a doctorate or just an undergrad? It's like, wait, it's still college. Like, that's hard. Yeah, right. No, I feel like that. that they, can tell, they can tell if you either going to college or if it's going to be paper and plastic for you. But I would pass them. Like, I'd only be like a week out. Like, I'd miss a game and that's it. And so, like, wow. I had terrible symptoms, but I would always recover somehow. You know, I got one my sophomore year of college. I sacked the quarterback and hit my head in the back of the ground. Yeah. Got up and I was like, I can't see. Like, I, it was white from like here up. And then, like the rest, I could see my wow. toes in the grass. And then all of a sudden, I see they're setting up for the next play because, like, you know, it's third and goal. And then I look into the sideline and my coach is like, get down, get down. I'm like, oh, fuck. I got How many times do you think you blacked out on the football field from like head trauma? Yeah. And one time Coach McGee was like, yo, you got up like the Terminator because I was laying on my back was, uh, <laughs> against fucking Trumbull. And then uh, I get a ground ball. The dude was about from 20 yards away, just hustling, 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 hustling. Boom, just head to head. And I was like Damn. getting a ball. And then I was like on the ground. And then I was like, just popped up. He's like, he was running at me. And he said, I just sat up right in front of him like a fucking <laughs> At the Undertaker. But, uh, but as, as a player, what's your thought process when after you know you come to and you're like i need to get back on the field or you're like maybe i should you're just thinking of like what are my uh what's my training so right as a <laughs> as an athlete it's always give 110 percent, go hard like for yeah. the team sacrifice like practice yeah. so you're like That's i'm awful. fine yeah. you know it's like Especially i'm good you and you're like you know look you're like i'm, I'm good never. right it's like no you're gonna look over here like where's over here like i'm good yeah I could definitely speak to that because, like, my high school coach, he said there's a difference between being hurt and being injured. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? If you're hurt, stay out. Yeah, if you're injured, stay out. If you're hurt, you know what I mean? You can't be sore. You know what I mean? You yeah. got to play through that. Yeah. But that's the gray area with the concussion because you want to fight through it and play through it. Right. You know what I mean? But at that point, it's – We're not thinking about 10 years from now. We're not thinking about 20, 30 right. years. Right. That's why I want your perspective now. You know? This is before, you know, the, the All right, so information who, about who's the more at fault? Who's know. more at fault? Who's more at fault? Is it the player or is it the coach? Tomar leaves this hanging on a good question. Who's more to blame? Is it the coaches or the athletes when it comes to managing head injuries and concussions? We're going to dive back into that conversation Gil's going to tell us more about the long-term impacts of concussions and what he's been up to after Middlebury College stay tuned all right so you know after uh my senior year of Middlebury by February, right before graduation, I started getting depression. And then uh, by July, I was suicidal. And then by 
the following January, I was manic. And then by the following October, I was depressed again. And then over time, I found out I was bipolar. And that was a diagnosis that came after like two episodes. And I was like, that's interesting. And I was like, hmm, I've had six concussions documented, you know, varying degrees of, you know, terrible shit. But like really like made it difficult to like hold on to a job to like, you know, have like planned out goals and things. It was like, all right, what's my emotional state going to be? Uh, ended up having four different um, psychiatric ward hospitalizations of a week apiece. So it was like, I was in kids with places with people who were like, skipping out on going to prison by pretending they're like borderline people are schizophrenic people who are right. depressed so it was like and it was like i'm not that bad like i was like all right this isn't like i'm not that i'm you know i'm just a little extra you know i'm a little you know energetic like what you would suggest as but as a guy who's a big ex-football player at this time right a lot of energy so, you always used to so, be right so it's like it was always impact always hitting always going and it's like right, how do i transition that away and it's like a very weird thing to try yeah. to like figure out how to do because it's not like golf you can never you can always play golf you can always play tennis you, know, you can't always play contact collision football that has a timeline so at, at this point how many years um had you have played football like in total your career? So Fifteen years. So it's not so that's half of your life. Half my life, but you know, think about NFL players. They play fifteen years before they get to the NFL, and then they right, play right. fifteen years in the NFL. It's thirty fucking years of just boom for yeah. thirty years straight. Collisions. It's it's a lot. So it's like back to Tomar's point. It's like the fault lies in the information we had at the time, which is none. You know, as a player, if you're playing football, you're like, okay, I get wrestling, but I'm not about it. I get basketball, but I want to hit, you know. You get every other sport, but it's like, I still want to go above and beyond and just, like, put it all on the line. Yeah. Like, you could be a great basketball player, but not a great football player. You could be a great football player and be pretty good at basketball, though. You know, you might not be a great basketball player, but, like, football translates to every other sport, like Mark. You're probably nasty as a rugby player picking it up like, you know, yeah. Quickly. But basketball, football, like other things, but I'm sure football was like the core thing that probably gave you that like insight. It's a really great sport. It's just a lot of impact. Yeah, for sure. Well, I got a question. So do you think Gil like going back, like if you could go back, right? Like me as a player, I would always give my heart out no matter what the situation is. Even if I say it is now when when the referee blows the whistle, we all know what that feeling is. Yeah. But with the information now, like, that's why we we wanted to make this company for athletes that once they're done with sports, like, what do I do? Let's get into the statistics. Maybe if there was technology, A, right, because that's what we would love for them to be, you know, sideline technology. But um, would you have been more, like, precautious, pretentious about your playmaking, do you feel like, and that would have helped you? Because, like, I feel like with no information, you were just blind, which is like, whatever, bro just keep going until I drop, you know? But, like, thinking back now, do you think players now should play with that in mind? Well, I mean, how many examples do you need? You have Junior Seau. Like, that should be the only example called on. He yeah, shot himself in the chest. Be like, my brain is crazy. Figure this out. And he's calling out, be like, you know, football is a tough sport. It's caused a lot of problems. It's giving me a lot of – so it's like, you know, the, you can't fault nothing but, you know, you know what you're signing up for. Yeah. 
but the technology gives you gives you insight onto how much like you know if you have an accelerometer in a helmet you'll be able to be like oh how much psi is hitting yeah. boom temporal lobe frontal cortex like yeah, prefrontal right. like and then you're like, oh, what part of the brain tr- triggers what? Like, oh, it's a side head impact collision. It's going to fuck up his balance. Back of the head, his vision. Front of the head, his cognition. So it all depends, you know, on what we have available. Yeah. I know now there's there's mouthpieces available, so you can measure, like, head impacts. I think that's some like, for a player like you, that would have been something easy to implement. Even, you know, what's a big issue, injury is uh, for O-linemen is knee injuries. The amount of O-linemen that get out of there, because, you know, you're huge, but they're not – naturally that big they're eating 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 like not steroids even it's just a lot of excess weight it's a lot of a lot of stress on your frame imagine being 315 moving like a 290 guy 270 but you actually should be 30 right you know they should have you know they should know how much impact like a a drive block gives on your knee contact you know how hard (laughs) it is to step and drive into somebody that's what ties back in the culture you know and the more you get educated on, you know, the impact of concussions, the impact on injuries, the more you can prevent it. And I think it's a big communication thing, too. Not only being yeah. able to honor them, but a player being honest and a coach being honest, regardless of the stance. Or yeah, the- like don't don't try to be, like, a hardo about it. Don't try to be, like, I'm a big fucking, like, no, I got it. Like, right. like in sometimes I'd be like, hey, I can't think straight. I don't know what's happening. What's my name? Who's the president? And they're like, get in there. You know there's a problem. We come, we come from the culture, you know, where you know you couldn't see a head injury, you That's couldn't crazy, see concussion. Yeah. So if you if you were out, oh hey, coach, my head hurts. Just like you're being, like, being a bitch. Like yeah. specifically, yeah, I don't know if you remember seven on seven. That was my first time um, watching you experience a concussion. Uh, we were in seven com- uh, collided with Bradley, which Bradley Kang, yo, he's still yeah. bringing that up. Like, yeah, I fucked up, kill. I was like. Yeah, yeah. Bro, exactly what yo, we was panicking that week because we was like, yo, is Gil going to be able to play? Is Gil going to oh. be able to play? Yo, this shit oh. was... My memory was resetting every, like, 10 minutes for the entire ride from UConn to Norwalk. No yeah. I would love Literally. to. I still can recall it. I was in. like this. Ready? This is this will date it. I literally was like this. Dave Klein was sitting front and center with me because Ireland was like, Get, make sure it goes good, like ride it back with him. So I was like sitting, window seat, he was aisle seat, and I was like, what was the hit left? He's like, uh, blah, 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 blah. I was like, do I say well Katie Kubera? That I was thinking about breaking up with my girlfriend at the time. They're like, she went to New Canaan. I was like, man, I'm tired of her. And he was like, no, you still date her, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, yo, remember that movie, 50 First Dates? He's like, yeah. Remember 10 second Tom? He's like, yeah, I'm like 10 second Gil. He's like, I can't remember shit. And, and then I like go back out of college and I was like, what was the hit like? And then they would go and it was the same. And then he's like, he had on his phone. He's like, yo, you said that already. You said that already. You said that already. And it was like, I got home. My brothers were playing Mortal Kombat, like the new one that had come out that time. And I was like, yo, when do we get Mortal Kombat? And my little brother's like, yo, like you bought this a week ago. What are you talking about? Like, Wow, when did we get Mortal Kombat? So how how much longer after the original hit were you? Dude, still- it didn't take until the next day. I woke up at 10 a.m. on a Monday. My mom's bed, like, fuck, I should be at school. That actually happened. Wow, and this is seven on seven with like one. Seven on seven with no helmets. My point of view, I see. Uh, I'm pretty sure it was you and the um, hook to curl. <laughs> either 
you and Bradley got he jumped on an interception. Yeah, yeah, okay. So they're both going for an interception and collided, but obviously Bradley being way smaller than you, like he came up at my jaw. Over right yeah, side of just, right here. yeah, you just held your head. So like you didn't really see you fall. You see Bradley get like collide and fall, and you're just holding your head, and then you're just like, Where am I? And then from there it was just like I played the rest of the game. Us, we, we couldn't talk to you, Coach. I was like, kind of like, let him let him figure it out. Don't confuse him more. Like, let him sit in the front. But at that point, what number was that in terms of concussion? Uh, my first one, my freshman year, I had three my junior year. That was my fourth one, okay. my junior year. So, yeah, I had one freshman, three sophomore, one junior. And then uh, senior, did I have one? Nah, and then I had one on my sophomore year at Middlebury. So what are the long-term side effects of that? Like, do you still to this day, you know, suffer yeah. from, like, memory loss and stuff like that? Can you speak to, like, the memory loss. It's after football? It's reality check every minute. Like, I probably got diagnosed with bipolar because, you know, between 20 and 25 is when you get, like, schizophrenia, you get, like, any sort of mental illness is, like, that period of brain development. So most of my issues are coming off of traumatic brain injuries, TBIs, probably some CTE I have in here, but like you can't test for it until you die because you have to cut your brain out. So it could be just concussion issues and not bipolar, who knows? But every minute is like, what's my emotional state? And it's like, just meditate on it. Yo, Gil, I got a question. I know you had spoke on saying that like you went through those phases in time where like, you were depressed, manic, and um, and bipolar, and you got diagnosed with being bipolar. Do you think at any point in time during that time frame, because you stopped playing football, that it was almost like you started having identity issues? Yeah, um, like who you are, because like I know per se when I stopped playing football after my uh, freshman year of college, is kind of like I kind of started having identity issues, and I was dealing with depression a little bit as well. Um, it's just like I wasn't. I, I, guess, I guess you could say I wasn't confident in myself of myself not being known as a football player. Right. I didn't really know myself outside of outside of football. football. Exactly. Because all I've known I don't was, give a fuck if you thought of me as like, oh, that's kid, the kid was a tight end. It's like, nah, it's like, yeah, like am I? But at least you thought of me as like, that's what you knew me as. And that's what I knew myself as. is like, yo, I played running back, right. I'm a football player, whatever. And it was like, that's all I was ever known for. And it was like, when people stop knowing you for that, or it's like, you just like, you don't do the same things with it. Do you think that became a major issue? You know what it was too? I went to Middlebury, which is a super competitive school. Like it was a 17% acceptance rate when I applied and I got ED1. So it was like, I knew I was going to get in when I, after that meeting with you know, I had Jared and we had crazy party. Like it was awesome. Loved campus. Met with the coach and he was like, we really want you like a good player. Um, your grades are decent. I had an 1860 SAT, which was like pretty good. But like, you know, they accept like 2,200 out of, at the time it was 2,400. Or ACT was like 32 out of 36. Yeah, wow. So yeah, so it was difficult. And so like football pulled me in and then I got it pulled into like the New World Order school. And it was like, everyone there is like a billionaire's son. Of <laughs> and that. So I was like, this is not Norwalk. <laughs> I am not anymore. So as opposed to going to like Texas where it's like, Football is life. I went to like football is for like fucking jocks. 
Mm. Yeah, a bunch of like white ladies, like watching. Like, I was like, God, I am such an oddball here. I got given it's hilarious. Like, you guys will laugh, but I got every single ethnic recruit came to me as a freshman. I got the the black recruits, the Spanish recruits, the like Latino recruits all came. I was like, dude, I don't even know the team. I'm a freshman, and up there, and it's like, damn, like I guess I'm not really in the in crowd anymore. Because I know Akai was like, it didn't matter who you were. It's like, show up. Did you show up? You did. Congrats, you know, he will respect you on that. But there was like, who's your father? Yeah. And in terms of like, just general, like, what do you do to stay fit? What do you do now that, you know, it seems now you have a good footing and good standing of who you are as a person. What do you, what are some of the things you're into now? You're showing us one of your. That's, uh, the jujitsu. So um, that's the Gracie sports triangle. That's where I train out of. But uh, if you want anything that's, close to football but is like way more passive than aggressive right do jiu-jitsu like i did when i was 13 i started there i got my uh yellow belt because it's it's different by age like it's a you know it's a whole thing i learn about but you can't get a blue belt until you're 16 so at 16 i got a blue belt no stripes i'm 26 now i still have that same blue belt because i stopped for so many years so i stopped in high school in college because I was like I'm only going to train back in Norwalk because that's the OG spot like this guy Marcel Stambowski is a coral belt he trained under Holes Gracie who's trained under Helio and um, uh, his brother uh, Carlos and they trained under Maeda who came from Japan to teach Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu so like if I get my black belt I'm a fourth generation removed from like the epicenter of epicenter so like that whole like mental state I was in was like a manic state. So that mm-hmm. taught me that's like, wow, I actually have something here. And you know, concussions may have played a role, like bipolar plays a role, predisposition plays a role, like family raising up plays a role, DNA, like it all, it all, everything plays a role. So with, like what I learned with football is that like, you go one and oh every day. You win or lose the day and then the day resets and then you go again. And like I learned that in, at Middlebury was like, uh, one of the big phrases, no pressure, no diamonds. Like if you don't, you know, if you don't have, like if you have, you know, a chunk of carbon, you need time and pressure to make a diamond. Like, and if there's no pressure, if there's nothing coming at you, if there's nothing difficult, your life's a little too easy. You're not going to appreciate the little things. Yeah. You know, and so like, I'm grateful for all these I've passed. I'm grateful for my, my Pop Warner days, my AYF days, my North High School, my Middle Bear days the hardships, all that stuff, like the bipolar, I have all that thing. I'm grateful for it because, yeah. you know, look where we're at today. Everyone's stuck at home. Everyone's stuck everywhere. And it's like, hey, like, I'm just happy to be breathing. Definitely. So I could be stuck at home forever. And it's like, well, I'm breathing at home. Nice. Perspective. Yeah. It disappeared yeah. in Brazil. Yeah. At that yeah. Point. You I could have because, Gil, quite honestly, like, you're, you're a Norwalk legend. And you'll always be part of history, especially attached to that Norwalk football team. Um, so like the biggest thing for this is the fact you can still share your story, you know? Right. Yeah, exactly. Your generations, because they may not know, you know, and there may be a 16 year old who's the hardest hitting on this team and is right. Gil. So I guess kind of, uh, transitioning into that, if you had anything last to say, um, if you could give advice to maybe your 16 year old self or that athlete that's out there, or, you know, that's training on their own from a town like Norwalk wants access to more things, wants more, you know, knowledge on injury prevention. Is there right. anything from your experiences you would 
provide to them? I think first and foremost is like redefine print, like know what you're signing up for when you do anything, honestly, even if it's outside athletics, like know what it takes to like get to the top level. Not that you need to always be the best. You don't need a mama mentality and everything, but to know what the mama mentality like is, like understand what that is. It's like, you're going to go hard when it's time to go hard, but know that, perfect practice makes perfect not practice so if you're just bullshitting mm. all right don't, you know okay but if you're really gonna try and get after if you're really gonna try and like make an impact be successful or just do something with anything yeah. you better like pretend you've already won the championship and work backwards from there you know if you want to win the fucking um you know the lombardi what is it like to be day zero before the Super Bowl? All right, day one before the Super Bowl. All right, day two before the Super Bowl. Been up to just during this uh, quarantine time. Um, yeah, you still training jujitsu? What do you do to stay fit, stay on on top of your routine? You know what's funny? So the biggest thing jujitsu taught me was to be very present in your like movement and like how you carry yourself so like jujitsu is all about pressure over time and being consistent with inconsistency it's it's chess within chess while wrestling but also like submitting and breaking arms and shit so if you take that away from someone which is what's happening because you can't you know roll around on a mat somewhere you like find other ways to kind of do it so a lot of people like put you know um the kimonos on like chairs and use chairs like put it on the same i'm like that's not the same thing because it's not thinking about it because it's it's two minds working to see who can submit the other one like it, it's okay. crazy and so what i've been doing is like the way i move the way i pick something up if i want to carry something it's like what's the most mechanically advantageous way i can do this mm. and so, so I'm breathing it that. what's that being conscious of how you're moving. Being very conscious how you move. So, like, what's my posture? What's my shoulder doing when I'm bending with this knee? And, like, so when I was at the edge, I'm, I'm just literally doing the same routine. When I was at the edge, I treated like a playground. Like, you see C.T. Fletcher. You see these guys who can do, like, crazy workouts on a playground. Well, they took the playground away from me, but you can still do that same sort of, like, um, like street-tech workout, let's say, where it's, like, Here's a rock. Let's the rock at the beach and walk on sand. You know, or like um, James Harrison. Look yeah. at James Harrison and just do what he does. Like James Harrison has a whole bunch of crazy workouts. You know, Tony yeah. Ferguson, who's an yeah. MMA guy, yeah. he's yeah. getting yeah. a deep fight. He like elbows steel stuff to like deaden his arm. It's like whatever works works. And for me, it's like you know, kick a heavy bag. Like you know, do calisthenics, do yoga, like do mindfulness meditation. You know, there's like a lot of things that you can do that tie breathing with movement that are like, you know, the combination of sport without competition. Yeah, cool. Well, Gil, we want to thank you for joining us on the Beyond Stat. Thanks for tuning into this episode and going beyond the stats. Let us know your thoughts by leaving a review on your streaming platform or visiting our socials and searching in dash form stats.